And then once they have that person, they go, aha, I got it. I'm never letting it go. I'm going to strangle the shit out of it. And I'm not going to let it evolve the way love wants to evolve. Hey, lovebirds. Can you let go of control? Can you let love do what it needs to do without controlling the outcome? And can you let go of trying to control the outcome of your relationship? Can you stay present for what is beautiful in your life without fearing that it will end? Can you do that? It's some of the hardest work that you'll ever have to do, letting go of control. Love does not want to be controlled. Controlling love will extinguish love. So how do we do that? Let's find out. My name is Sean Galanos, and this is The Love Drive. And let me know when you're ready. I am ready. Okay, how can I help? I am having a really hard time. I know that all relationships involve uncertainty, but I think in the past I have attempted to avoid that uncertainty and now I'm showing up differently and so I'm really feeling that uncertainty and I'm just wondering if you have any strategies for dealing with that without either running away from it or letting it overwhelm you. Mm, Tell me more about how this is showing up for you. Well, I guess a little bit of background on me. I used to be like a very type A controlling, like rigid person, like tracked every single function of my life, sleep, every step I walked, every mile I ran, just everything I ate, just very rigid, I guess is the best way to describe it. And for a long time, I thought that was healthy. I thought I was just really organized. And this last year, I just kind of really took a step back and reevaluated my life. And I realized that that control, I think, was really a way to avoid the uncertainty that's part of all of life especially for relationships. I think for me, relationships have not traditionally been a safe place or a place where I feel comfortable showing up as myself and trust that that will be okay and that relationships can be sources of positive things and not just pain and hurt. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm a different person. And so I'm experiencing relationships differently than I usually do. And so the one that I'm in now is one that I, a year ago, I would have run away from immediately. And I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. And I find myself excited to get to know him more, but also feeling anxious about what's to come. Like we barely know each other. And that's scary to me. It's scary that I could get hurt or I could hurt him. 
I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. Like it's definitely both. It's exciting, but it's also very scary to me. And the scary part is because you don't want to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's weird because I know a lot of things in my head, right? I know that I, I've been hurt before and I've recovered from it and, you know, come out stronger even. So I know that in my head, but that's, I I feel that's not, I don't feel it in my heart, if that makes sense. How does it feel in your body? I think that excitement and fear feel really similar in my body. Yeah. Like in terms of like my heart beats fast, I feel almost lightheaded and it's hard to differentiate like whether that's good or bad, I guess. Does it have to be assigned a a qualifier? I guess not. Hmm, this sensation, is it a good sensation or a bad sensation? Hmm. Um, Well, I'm in school to be a therapist, and so (laughs) I know that the right answer to that question is that it's just a thing that is, and labeling may not be helpful. So it feels scary. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is that it's hard for you to just really trust that what you're experiencing is totally valid and normal. And for some reason, there's a fear that you're going to get hurt, even though you know that that's totally possible and Mm -hmm. that you are incredibly resilient. And then maybe you'll hurt this person. Although I don't, I don't really know. Are you really scared of hurting this person? I mean, it's never fun to hurt someone else. But I, I mean, I trust myself to be thoughtful, and I obviously like wouldn't do anything purposefully to harm him. I mean, relationships. It's like the best case scenario is that this ends in with one of us dying, you know. And so it's like hurt is part of it, and. I'm, I know that's probably what makes relationships great because of the risk, but it's just a hard thing to, when you know that the outcome could be devastating, it's hard to sign up anyway. I don't think that the best case scenario is that one of you dies. What's your best case scenario? The best case scenario is that you learn more about yourself and your partner mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And that friction comes up and you deal with it. Relationships are an opportunity for us to heal our old wounds. That's the best case scenario. Whether the relationship mm-hmm. ends or doesn't end, even though they're all going to end. Whether it ends before you want it to end. As long as we're learning and growing, then we're winning. No relationship is a waste of time if you've learned something. Mm which is something about yourself, about your triggers and your wounds and and the areas of development that you still have or areas of development that they have and how you can help them through that. These are just like relationships are a playground to learn and grow. I know that that's true. I know it is. And I I just think some part of me wants there to be one one right way that I can do this to guarantee myself that I won't be hurt or that I will have a positive outcome. 
I went through a really bad breakup. Gosh, it was a long time ago now, about 10 years ago. But we were engaged and he cheated on me three months before our wedding. And I did not see that coming at all. I think I learned at the time, I learned the wrong thing from that. I learned that I needed to figure out how I could see it coming. So I was just like hyper vigilant (laughs) for years. I mean, just like to a degree that's just, it's not, it's exhausting. And I think I finally realized that, I mean, I just don't have, there is no right way. And I don't have that level of control, even if I want it. Like, no matter, all I can do is show up as myself and the other person is going to do what they're going to do. But that is, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot. It's scary. What changed recently in your ceasing to track everything about your health? Hmm. Well, I think I just really, I think my body sort of fought back against the level of control. So I went through a breakup at the end of last year with somebody I had only been dating for maybe like four or five months, but you know how some people, like it was just profound, like the impact that it had in a good way. It took me a really long time to get there. Yeah, eventually, like my body, I just felt like tired to my soul is the only way that I can describe it. And that started showing up for me, especially in running. I run marathons. And so when I used to be able to push myself, suddenly I just had nothing. And like a three mile run felt just as hard as like a 20 mile run. And I just, I just like couldn't do it anymore. And so I just, stopped. Like I just slowed down this past year and like, let that be okay. And that process of slowing down is I think what was key in helping me see how I also was trying to control in other areas of my life, especially like with relationships and, and how I would show up or not show up to those. You give yourself the permission to let go. Yep. Let go of tracking and of controlling your body. Yeah. And it sounds like you were doing it to an extent that your body rebelled. Yep. And that's the same amount of let go and kind of let go that needs to be applied to your relationship. Yeah. And and really to every aspect of your life. Yeah. Definitely. We can control our actions and our reactions. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two things we can control. Yep. We cannot control the outcome of pretty much anything, especially relationships, because they include another human. How could you possibly control the outcome when there's another factor that is completely outside of your control? So there's nothing but uncertainty. Yeah. That's and all, that's all what I'm is. really feeling now. And I think like all the controlling attempts before prevented me from ever feeling that. It's quite liberating. It is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the amount of time I used to spend trying to guess what people might be thinking or feeling was just ridiculous. And so now 
being able to let go of that is freeing. And I do feel like I have energy, mental energy that I, I didn't have before. But I think I used to spend so much time focusing on the other person and trying to like anticipate what they might be thinking or feeling and adjusting myself accordingly. And now I'm only focused, I mean, I care about his feelings, obviously, but I'm focused on my feelings and how I feel. And that's great. And that's, that's how I want to show up. But it's also, it's just different. I just haven't, I haven't participated in a relationship in this way before. This probably isn't the first time that you're having to do something new. No, definitely not. And it's scary, right? You don't have any experience in how to do relationships differently in, in where you, you aren't in control. Yeah. And that takes letting go. So how do you let go? That's, (laughs) that's a great question. And something I'm trying to figure out. I mean, the stuff that was, I guess, easier for me to let go of was a lot of the anxiety, like when we were first dating in terms of like, oh, is he going to text me? Like, should I text him? All of that stuff. I was just like, I'm done with that. If I want to text him, I'm going to text him because that's how I feel. And how he responds is information. Mm -hmm. And I just decide if I like that information or if I don't like it. And so that's been really freeing and, and has made the beginning of our relationship feel so easy. It's like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be constantly like wondering how the other person is feeling. Like he makes his feelings very clear and that's comforting. And it feels it feels good, which which is good, but also different. <laughs> and you have the one of the greatest tools known to man to figure out what somebody else is feeling. Language. The ability to communicate and to inquire and to be curious about what's happening for somebody. And I love this focus on not trying to control or second guess or overthink sending a text message. Yeah. And just send the text message. Yeah. Yeah, in general, it's like, oh, it was this easy all along? Who knew? I guess probably most people, but... I I wouldn't say most people. I'd say a lot of people second-guess and overthink and are really scared of doing it wrong and messing up and fucking up their relationships, which is a little presumptuous to assume that sending a text message is enough to derail a whole relationship. Right. And, And if it does... Well, that's not a very robust relationship. (laughs) Yeah. As an example, I sent my lover a text last night. This morning, I woke up and I sent her like an audio message. And then I sent her some more stuff at like 11 and I haven't heard back from her. And it doesn't mean that she doesn't love me. Right, right. But why is that like the first place that our brains often go? You're the one in therapy school, not me. <laughs> I Because it's familiar and comforting, like having an explanation, even if it's a hurtful one, 
on some level that's comforting because it's familiar. And I think that a lot of us have anxious attachment styles. Yeah, I definitely do. So why did you even ask me if you knew the answer? <laughs> because I know my answer, but I, I'm curious about, yeah, your perspective. And you talk to a lot of people, especially about this subject. Because we want certainty. We want to know that the person loves us. Yeah. And we don't, we don't trust in love. Yeah. We have to be constantly reminded that the person is, is there. And that's exhausting for the other person. Yeah. And it's exhausting for our mind. Yeah. Always be needing validation instead of trusting what you know is true. Yeah. Right. Which is that this person shows up for you. Yep. And they love you and they're there and they communicate. And yet we want to know that it's forever. What if it's not? Like, what's so bad about that? Mm-hmm. What is so bad about having to start over? or having to do it differently, or having to spend some time alone, or having to grieve a relationship? What is so bad about that? Um, I mean, it hurts. <laughs> Just, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's so scary to me about, about being hurt. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe nothing. Yeah. I wonder if this example works, but I, I used to smoke. I used to smoke a lot. And the idea of quitting smoking was terrifying. Terrifying. Just couldn't stop because I was so scared of what it would feel like. And then I stopped and it wasn't nearly as bad as the way I did <laughs> the way I thought it was gonna feel. I it made it so much worse in my head that it actually felt in my body. Hmm. heartbreak sucks but it makes you Mm -hmm. feel just great for a lot of people who aren't used to feeling yeah and it's often not as bad as we think it's going to be and it's actually not that bad if you truly love yourself and know Mm -hmm. that you're worthy of love and know that somebody leaving you or a relationship ending doesn't mean that you're a bad Mm -hmm. person yeah. Or that you're not worthy of love. It just means that for whatever reason, that relationship has run its course. Yeah. I think that's the part that I like still haven't really, I know it in my head, but I just haven't really internalized it yet. People want to just like find someone to be with and then to check that box. Yeah. I've got my person. <laughs> yep. I've got my person, I'll be good. I've got someone who's yeah. going to validate me, who's going to tell me that they love me, who's going to show up for me, who's going to answer text messages in the right amount of time, in the appropriate yeah. way. And I don't have to go through this again. And a lot of people had, you know, un, they didn't have great upbringings. So they didn't get the kind of love that they wish they'd had. And so they find it, they look for it in another, per, in another person. For sure. And then once they have that person, they go, aha, I got it. (laughs) I'm never letting it go. Yeah. I'm going to strangle the shit out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not going to let it evolve the way love wants to evolve, Mm -hmm. which is not in a prescribed way. Yeah. 
It's the most complex thing there is. Yeah. We try to explain it and understand it and show people how to do it and sell programs on it. And we really want to control love. Yeah. And love is uncontrollable because it involves multiple people. And I feel like we don't talk enough about how even when it's good, it can be uncomfortable. Like that can be uncomfortable, especially if that's like not something that you're used to. I think, yeah, I had my parents, I mean, I love them. My dad passed away a few years ago um, and they definitely did the best that they could. But there are some things about my childhood that like everyone, I think were not ideal. And I think I grew up thinking it was bad to need anyone ever, that I needed to be a completely self-contained vessel that you know, if I were to rely on anyone else, that meant that I was failing as a human. And it took me a really long time to realize that actually, like, that's the most human thing is to need other people and to want other people in your life and to want love. And so I, I'm working on like accepting that that's okay. But also the flip side, which you mentioned before, which is that that's also my responsibility to do and to give to give some of that love to myself, which is a process. I would even argue most of that love needs to go to yourself. Yeah. The more we give to ourselves, the more we can give to others. Yeah. And the less affected we are when that love is suddenly no longer available from another person. Yeah. Right. That's the issue with with placing all of the love needs on a relationship is when that relationship transforms or ends or shifts, it's devastating. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So building community mm-hmm. and connecting with loved ones, not just your romantic partner, but loved yeah. ones, relying on them, supporting them, and being supported by them is a tremendous help when a relationship ends. Definitely. Because you're not alone. And you're right. We can do it alone. We can all, each of, everybody listening right here, totally, totally able to do it all alone. And it's incredibly hard to do that. And sad. Yeah, it's lonely. It's lonely and it's not necessary because we are social animals and we thrive in community. Have you had any of this conversation with um, your person? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I've told him, like I told him about the end of my engagement and just, I mean, how I used to date, which was just so different. And I apologize to so many of the men that I previously dated because I, I played games. Like I did all of that kind of stuff just to, because I was scared. I was really scared and I didn't know how to be with that. So yeah, he and I have talked about that. Um, definitely, we have. So how are you going to learn and deal with this uncertainty that is inherent in all relationships? Hmm. Um, I think I'm going to accept that it's 
it's part of it. Like I can't, nothing that I can do is going to remove that piece of it. There is no right way. There's no checklist that I can follow that's going to give me a guaranteed outcome or a like, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. And yeah, just try to accept that that scares me. Like that terrifies me. And to feel that instead of trying to cover it up. And to explore what is so terrifying yeah. about not knowing the outcome. Yeah. What's so scary about that? I mean, I think there's still some part of me that just believes I'm like bad or wrong in this way when it comes to connecting with other people. No one got any education mm-hmm. in how to how to do relationship. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. And our role models, you know, bless them. Did the best they could. I mean, their role models did the best they could. And it, I mean, it was even worse for them. So we're all just kind of figuring it out on our own. We're sort of bumbling through relationships. <sighs> yeah hoping not to cause damage. Yep. And now you are in a place where you have a lot more awareness mm-hmm. about what it means to be in a relationship. And you're able to show up in ways that you haven't been able to show up in the past. And we have this phenomenal ability to repair. There's a rupture and there's repair. Mm-hmm. We can do that. So we don't have to be scared about fucking up fucking it up beyond repair. We can always try to repair. And the other person can choose to engage with that or not. That's their choice. We let people do what they want to do, even if we think they're wrong sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they're not ready to do the work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're not aware of their patterns. And they think relationships should be easy and they should be forever. And maybe they'll find somebody that also believes that and they can live heavily ever after. And I wish I could sell a program that guaranteed love for everybody. <laughs> Me too, Sean. I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. But it's all very nuanced. I can sell you on reading Susan Piver's book, The Four Noble Truths of Love. Mm. She talks about the Four Noble Truths as they're explained in Buddhism, but with an emphasis on love Mm. and how the idea that all relationships are unstable. Yep. The cause of our suffering is avoiding suffering. Yep. Which is awesome. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. All relationships are unstable and to meet that instability together is love. That is love. Mm. Meeting the instability of relationships together is love. Meeting the Mm. uncertainty. That's love. So find somebody that you can meet the uncertainty with. And it sounds like you probably have that person right now, at least for now. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it. Great. Have them listen to this episode. (laughs) I will. (laughs) What did you learn? I mean, I think 
it felt really good to have somebody else confirm that I'm not doing it wrong. Like this is, this is how it is for everyone. And it's not supposed to be easy, but that also doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. Well, you might be doing something wrong. I just don't know. (laughs) I'm sure that I am, but I mean, (laughs) overall, overall, I'm showing up and yeah, I'm trying. It's not supposed to be easy. I, I don't know who told us that this stuff was supposed to be easy. Yeah. Relationships are hard. Yep. And they're really fulfilling. And they help us grow. Yep. So if you're on if you're on board for that, then great. Stay curious and stay in the relationship and learn as much as possible. And enjoy the fruits of that labor. Enjoy the the fruits of staying and working through challenge. Enjoy the intimacy that comes from it. Hey folks, thank you for spending this time with me today. Speaking of programs, this week is the last week to sign up for the Intro to Modern Dating Workshop, which starts on January 9th. And let's be honest, there is nothing more uncertain than early stage dating. This workshop will give you tools on how to communicate boundaries, how to talk about sexual health and history, how to ask people out in public in a non-creepy way. How to slide into somebody's DMs with grace and more. Starts on January 9th and I hope to see you there. Go to thelovedrive.com forward slash modern dating if you are interested in joining us. And for everybody else, have a beautiful week.